Well, good morning. My name is Brian. I'm the music director here at GCF. And by God's grace, I wasn't let go last time that I preached. So I get to do it again, which is super exciting for me. Uh, Before I do, though, uh, one more time, just join me in prayer before I get started. Father, thank you so much for your goodness to us. Thank you for your word and how you have revealed yourself through it. Lord, thank you that the Holy Spirit is with us. Holy Spirit, we need you. Inhabit our time, our praises. Help us to understand your word. Convict us where we need conviction. Encourage us where we need encouragement. And God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you, Lord. I pray this in your name. Amen. Well, in a small town, there resided a young man named Luke. And Luke was dedicated uh, to helping his foster parents with their work. Um, But beneath his unassuming exterior, Luke had a remarkable secret. You see, Luke possessed an extraordinary power known as the Force. Poe spent his days working in his father's noodle shop, all the while harboring aspirations to become a legendary Kung Fu master. When a menacing snow leopard threatens his hometown, fate selects Poe as the chosen one to defend everyone from this impending doom, but there is one small hitch. Poe, a rather lazy and clumsy panda, lacks any knowledge of Kung Fu. And Frodo's life was tranquil and uneventful living with his uncle and engaging in daily routines that had become mostly ritualistic. Unexpectedly, everything changed when a mysterious knock on the door propels Frodo into an epic adventure to save Middle-earth from the evil entity known as Sauron. Now, as you think of these characters, what is it that these three have in common when you think about them? The common denominator between Luke, Poe, and Frodo is that each of them needed a teacher and a teaching. Each of them needed this to fulfill their destinies and achieve their respective goals. Luke Skywalker, he needed the guidance of the Jedi Master, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Yoda to understand and harness the power of the Force, enabling him to resist the temptations of the dark side becoming the pivotal figure in the fight against the galactic empire. Poe the panda found his path to becoming a kung fu legend with the guidance of Master Shifu and the Furious Five, who trained him in the ways of kung fu, allowing him to confront and then eventually defeat the menacing snow leopard, saving his homeland. And Frodo Baggins, he had the wise wizard Gandalf by his side, who served as his teacher throughout the perilous journey to destroy the ring of power. Gandalf's wisdom and guidance were crucial for Frodo in navigating through the challenges and to resist the ring's corruptive influence. The teacher and their teachings were pivotal elements in these epic tales as they played a crucial role, again, in shaping these characters' 
destinies and preparing them to confront the challenges they would, they would face. Similarly, as Christians, our spiritual growth requires a teacher and a teaching. And this brings us to our text this morning. Psalm 25 is a contemplative prayer by David aiming to impart valuable instruction about the essence of spiritual maturity and growth and development. This morning, I want to emphasize two key aspects, the significance of having a teacher and his teachings for fostering spiritual growth. So with that, I have two main points this morning. They're simply this. Spiritual growth requires a teacher, and spiritual growth requires a teaching. Again, spiritual growth requires a teacher. Spiritual growth requires a teaching. So first point, spiritual growth requires a teacher. Well, who is the teacher? And surprise, surprise, it's Yahweh. Look with me at verses 1 and 2. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. And oh my God, in you I trust. Now while this point may feel or seem painfully obvious, it reminds, we need to be reminded of, the, of how significant it is of laying a strong foundation. When we establish the right footings, the construction of our beliefs and actions proceed in harmony. And the psalmist, David, sets a profound example by placing his unwavering trust in God diverging from those who would rely on deceptive alternatives. In essence, David seeks Yahweh as his ultimate teacher, forsaking false gods and refraining from placing excessive confidence in his personal understanding or encounters. And this unwavering reliance on God's wisdom and guidance becomes the bedrock upon which true spiritual growth is built. And it's from there, he goes on to say in verses 4 and 5, Make me to know your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. Well, think about your past week. And how many times did you rely on Google or Siri for information? Right? It's like, I feel like I'm constantly like, hey, Google. (laughs) And undoubtedly, these are great tools. They're helpful, especially coming to like getting directions, movie reviews, or converting measurements like ounces to cups. Yet their influence extends far beyond mere practical questions as we increasingly turn to them to explore profound matters referring to life, ethics, and religion. Among the most searched topics you will find how to pray, how to meditate. What is the meaning of life? What happens when you die? Or why should I believe in God? In the book of 1 Samuel chapters 7 and 8, it tells how God's people drifted away from their devotion, desiring to be like the surrounding culture rather than remain dedicated to God. And throughout the years, Samuel, who was a uh, prophet of God, faithfully fulfilled his prophetic duty by traveling across the land, acting as a judge for Israel. And he earnestly called them in chapter 7, verse 3, to put away the foreign gods 
and direct your hearts to the Lord and serve him only. There were instances of repentance among the people, but over time, they deviated from their pursuit of learning from Yahweh, their divine teacher. Instead, they started following the prevailing culture's false prophets. And this marked a significant change for the people of God. As they shifted away from viewing God as their king and expressed a desire for a human king, mirroring the practices of the surrounding nations. This departure from seeking guidance and leadership directly from the Almighty reflected their inclination to conform to worldly norms. And it begs the question then this morning, what worldly norms do you find yourself practicing? Whose guidance do you seek most often? Which podcast do you listen to to gain insight on life? Which Instagram or TikTok influencer do you turn to for inspiration? Which authors or music artists do you engage with to find solace to block out the noise around you? See, this morning, Psalm 25 is encouraging us to seek biblical wisdom above all else. That the foundation for genuine wisdom and spiritual growth is only found in trusting Yahweh as our teacher. Now, Psalm 25 not only tells us who the teacher is, but also tells us what he's like. Look with me at verses 6 through 8. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for your sake and your goodness. O Lord, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. David's prayer emphasizes that God's character has always been and will forever remain merciful and loving. In verses 7 and 8, David praises God for his goodness, acknowledging God's willingness, God's willingness to instruct sinners on the righteous path. And furthermore, he asserts that God's character has remained steadfast and reliable since ancient times, and it will continue to be trustworthy into the future when he makes all things new. This divine consistency It's inviting us to place our trust and our faith in God's guidance. Knowing that his teachings are rooted in unchanging love and goodness, providing us with unwavering direction in our journey of spiritual growth. Consider Joseph's story from the book of Genesis. After Joseph's brothers betrayed him, selling him into slavery, He ends up in Egypt, where he is purchased by Potiphar, who is an esteemed official serving Pharaoh. And over time, Joseph's integrity and dedication won him favor in Potiphar's eyes, leading to his promotion as overseer in Potiphar's house. And blessed by God's constant presence, Joseph's stewardship contributed to the prosperity of Potiphar's household. However... An unforeseen trial awaited him when Potiphar's wife, drawn to Joseph, 
made inappropriate advances and urged him to sleep with her. But true to his principles, Joseph firmly declines her advances. But this rejection leads her to falsely accuse him of rape. And Potiphar, enraged by what his wife has said, throws Joseph into jail. Yet even in that circumstance, even in captivity, God remained faithful to Joseph. Within the prison walls, Joseph earned the favor of the warden and eventually placed in charge over all the inmates and over all the prison affairs. And then remarkably, Joseph was eventually reinstated to a position of great authority, but not only overseeing an official's house, but ascending to rule over all the land of Egypt. You see, Joseph's story serves as a powerful reminder that the same loving and good teacher never abandoned Joseph. He never abandoned him, and he is, and he is present with us here and now. He is present with us here and now. God's faithfulness knows no bounds, and we can trust that he will never forget or forsake us. He will never forget or forsake us. As we encounter our own challenges and uncertainties, we can take comfort in the assurance that God's steadfast love will sustain us and lead us towards a purposeful and blessed path. Spiritual growth requires a teacher. And so far, we've answered the questions, who is the teacher and what is he like? In addition, the psalm has us ask the question, well, who are the teacher's students and what are they like? Look with me again at verses 2 through 5. Oh, my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exalt over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall, be they shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. So who are the students? Verses 2 and 3 tell us all who trust in the Lord. And what are the students like? Well, verses 4 and 5, they show us that they are open to instruction. But in addition, the students fear the Lord. Look with me at verses 12 through 14. Who is the man who fears the Lord? Him will he instruct in the way that he should choose. His, his soul shall abide in well-being and his offspring shall inherit the land. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. Like David, the teacher's students possess a profound earnestness to learn from God, nurturing a strong desire to deepen their relationship with him through the wisdom found in his word. However, their attitude is not solely one of eagerness, for they also have a healthy reverence and fear of the Lord. Recognizing their place before the Almighty, they approach their studies with a sense of awe, seeking to understand and align themselves to his ways with humility. 
Jake proved to be an exceptionally bright individual, capable of skimming through chapters and then effortlessly uh, acing tests. As he entered his junior year of high school, he gradually began skipping more classes, convinced of his superiority over his teachers and their teachings. By the end of his senior year, reality hit Jake hard when he realized he lacked the necessary credits to graduate. Jake's arrogance led to this predicament as he wrongly believed that he didn't need the teacher and their teachings and that he knew all he needed to know to progress past high school. In the same way, many Christians fall into the trap of thinking that they don't need the teacher and his teachings, that a mere half-hour sermon each week is enough for their spiritual growth. But we need to recognize that genuine spiritual growth demands continuous, regular, daily education throughout our lives. Now, as I say that, I know maybe some of you are thinking, okay, Brian, like, I don't have the time to become a biblical scholar. And I want to encourage you. You're not alone. You're not alone. What I'm simply suggesting this morning, that among your busy routines, where can you fit time in to be with the teacher and his teachings? Where can you fit time in your day to deepen your devotion to Christ and strengthen Uh, strengthen yourself through learning his ways. That might mean 15 minutes a day. Some of us are in a season where that's just what we got. That's all we got. Don't forsake that time because it doesn't look like someone else's time or it's not an hour or it's not two hours. If you got 15 minutes, dive into those 15 minutes with the Lord, praying that God will continue to grow that time and your affection towards him and his teachings. And this brings us to our second main point this morning. So first we looked at spiritual growth requires a teacher. Asking the question, who is the teacher and what is he like? Furthermore, who are the teacher's students and what are they like? And now for the second main point, we'll look at spiritual growth requires a teaching. Well, what is the teaching? And the answer is his ways, which we've seen all throughout this psalm, starting in verse 4, which says this. Make me to know your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. Verses 8 and 9. Good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. And then verse 12. Who is the man who fears the Lord? Him will he instruct in the way that he should choose. In David's quest for God's guidance, he uses a range of verbs like show, make known, teach, lead, and instruct to emphasize the profound desire to seek God's wisdom and direction. These verbs emphasize the inseparable link between divine instruction and guidance, highlighting how they are intertwined and they shape our spiritual growth. This interplay of instruction and guidance in the psalm offers profound insight into the dynamics of spiritual growth with Yahweh's divine wisdom being the guiding light 
for all his faithful students. Well, what's the main purpose of the teaching? What is this teaching leading us to? And we see that it's leading us to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look with me at verses 16 through 18. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of all my distresses. Consider my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sins. See, verse 18 is a central verse in this psalm. It's capturing David's deep anguish and yearning for a savior. David's heartache goes beyond seeking guidance solely from past events. It extends to a hopeful and redemptive future where God's boundless forgiveness for all sin becomes possible through the provision of a Savior. Look also with me at verses 20 through 22. O guard my soul and deliver me. Let me not be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. These verses go on to reveal David's heartfelt plea for God's protection and deliverance. He seeks refuge in God, praying for integrity and uprightness to be his shield. And in his humble waiting, he anticipates God's redemptive work, not only for himself, but also for Israel as a whole. David's longing for a Savior echoes throughout these verses, expressing a deep desire for God's merciful intervention to free his people from their troubles. In these verses, we see David's faith in God's promise of salvation. His promise, which points towards the ultimate fulfillment found in Christ, the Savior of all. In Luke's gospel, he gives us just an incredible account following the resurrection of Jesus, where Jesus encounters two men on their way to Emmaus. Jesus inquires about their conversation, and unaware that they're speaking to Jesus, um, these men are astonished that he doesn't know about the crucifixion and the events surrounding it. You see, these men had hoped that Jesus of Nazareth would be the one to redeem Israel. They put their hopes in him, and yet their hopes were shattered at his death. However, Jesus, the master teacher incarnate, unveils the profound truth that he himself is the fulfillment of all that the Old Testament scriptures had been teaching. In Luke chapter 24, verse 27, it says this, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he, Jesus, interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. The entire teaching of the Old Testament, of Psalm 25, all of it leading to one significant moment, the cross of Christ where he would redeem not only Israel, but all who would call on the name of the Lord. 
it would redeem everyone who would put their trust in him. As students in the school of faith, we are blessed with the extraordinary privilege of having Jesus as our teacher. Through his teachings and the guidance of the Holy Spirit within us, we experience continuous growth and development as we learn to embrace and to follow the teacher and his teachings. Let's pray together.